0: Praise the Lord. Love you guys. Uh, It's beautiful to see all of you. We don't take you guys coming for granted. Worship team, thank God for you. Thank God for you. Give them a clap again. You know, they keep reminding me of what God can make of our young people. That our children don't have to be so far from the Lord. They can always be brought near by the masses of God. Amen. And uh, young people, don't give up on him. Keep pressing in. Keep serving him. Keep living for him all the time you have. Uh, Greetings from the Lord Jesus. Do you receive them? Yeah. To be honest, honestly. Every day, the Lord has a way of just appearing to me before I come. And giving me that smile that keeps me going. Amen? And uh, we had a chat with Joe, I think, was it yesterday? when we were sending out the messages and we needed a theme for this evening and we were waiting on the Lord and uh, the Lord gave us a theme for this evening which some of you are aware about. And if you are not aware about it, we are about to share about it shortly. And um, I was just waiting on the Lord, fellowshipping and doing a few things there and there in ministry. And uh, when Joe called me and told me, hey, I'm downstairs, come. The Lord just, walked in and looked at me and I picked a word from his mouth and that is what I want to share this evening. Amen? It is always beautiful when a word is from Jesus. Uh, We also came, I came bearing gifts in form of a prophet and a beautiful wife. Uh, Can they stand as accused? (laughs) Amen, and uh, there are two wonderful children uh, are also behind there. Could you just wave at them? Hallelujah. It's nice being a preacher's child. You have no time to be over the radar. You're always under the radar. Matthew chapter 4 will lead us to the theme of this evening. We look at it as the scripture then uh, use it to, you know, pray and after prayer or during prayer we will minister. Matthew chapter four from verse twenty-three to twenty-five. I will read. And they immediately left the sheep and their father. That is 20, yeah, 23, 22. Let's just go and follow him. 23, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all men of sickness and all man of disease among the people. 24, and his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people, but were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with the devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and healed them all. And, they, they, they were, and, and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. Lord Jesus, bless your word and bless this session and just surprise us and bless us and refresh us in Jesus' name. Amen. The theme for the night is something negative, but we want to approach it from a positive angle. The theme is titled Breaking Stagnation. But we want to break stagnation from a very, very positive angle. And this is the angle the Lord uh, led us to take. And we were talking with my brother behind uh, before we came into church. The angle is very simple. We are looking at Jesus and the stagnation he faced and how he overcame it. Now, let's look at Jesus. When this man is born there was what we call infanticide the genocide of children when this man was born there was another problem the infanticide led him and his parents to disappear as refugees in another nation so they left israel they went to egypt when this man was born even before he was born when before he was conceived there was even an issue in the marriage of his foster parents. Before this man comes to earth, there is already trouble. So it means if there is one man who faced stagnation, is there is one man who faced setback, if there is one man who faced a brick wall before conception, it was Jesus. Before he is conceived in the womb, there is already a problem. Angels have to be dispatched to clear the way. One of the problems Joseph had is that when he saw Mary was pregnant, what did he do? He sought to put her away quietly because there was an embarrassment. There was a scandal. There was trouble. So this man has a problem. Before he has begun to walk or crawl already from the womb, there is a problem. And when he's born... Herod decides to clear all male children. Meaning, a woman of God was saying one time, Jesus grew up without his age mates. If you are born maybe in the 1990 and during 1990 to 2 to 93, all male children were killed, and you are the only surviving one. It means as you are growing up, you have no age mates, you have no buddies, you have no compatriots, you have no people you can share similar jokes of your age. This was Jesus for you. Now, this man. Begin to grow up. And as he is growing up, these challenges are so real. One of the theological uh, explanations about Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, is this Joseph did not live to see Jesus becoming an adult. Not just because it's not mentioned in the Bible, but there are cultural indications to show that Joseph by then was not alive. So even his foster parent, as he grew up, his foster father was not there. Stagnation is not just about frustration. Stagnation is about the setbacks we meet every day in our lives. Whether we are growing up, whether we are advancing, whether we are aging. The challenges we face, all of them are geared to one thing, to stagnate us. And I was telling my brother outside there, and we were just having a chit-chat. Not a single day in his sermons did Jesus talk about the genocide that took place when he was born? Not a single day. Do you read of a single day? No. Not a single day does Jesus even talk about the fact that they fled to Egypt. Not a single day does he even tell us what he saw when he went to Egypt when he was young. Not even a single day. Not a single day does Jesus complain that he's lacking his mates around. Not a single day. From this, we learn one thing that is going to help us in this night's prayer. That what a man needs to measure on is not his background, what a man needs to measure on is his future. The Lord kept seeing the cross and the cross and the cross till when he reached the cross, he said, it is finished. He did not talk about the genocide. He did not talk about the politics. He did not talk about his parents. He did not talk about his schooling. He did not talk about anything about his background. He did not even cry about it. He did not even pray about it. Oh, I forgot to tell you something. Jesus did not just have a human background, he also had an eternal background. This man lived in glory before he came into time. This man lived in, 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 in abundance and in, 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 you know, in the streets of gold before he came to dusty streets. And yet, when he was living and mingling with the poor people, he never mentioned his glory to them. To be a Christian... Who will overcome stagnation and obstacles is to be a Christian who will walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, think like Jesus. But how do you think like Jesus? With Jesus, you only think the future. You don't think the past. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our race, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and he did not succumb to what the sinners did to him. Today we have people, even the good that was done to them is an issue. Even the good that was performed on them is an issue. They keep referring to the past. They never have a chance to zero in in the future. Power lies in the future, not in the past. Glory lies in the future, not in the past. The Lord has all history to bring us. He has history from when he was creating Adam with God. He has history from the time he was anointing David with God. He has history and history and history. And one time he just said, as a matter of fact, before Abraham was, I am. And people could not take it. This man was loaded with history. This man was loaded with dictionary and with with whatever, encyclopedia, name it. He was loaded. And yet... He chose to live like he did not have anything, and he focused on what was ahead. Tonight, we may pray. Tonight, we may scream. Tonight, we may bind and lose. But my sister, my brother, if in your head and in your mind, you have no future to pursue, you have no goal, you have no vision that is so clear, you may not overcome the stagnation. David is told by Samuel, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you to be king in Israel. And that was the end. No more prophecy. Samuel goes away. Even when David follows Samuel after that, when he was in so much trouble, the Bible does not record any additional prophecy. Why? When God speaks in the present, he goes and waits for you in the future. And it is your job now to walk. And if you refuse to walk, you have failed yourself, you have also failed God. The Lord does not sit there waiting with you. The Lord waits for you in the future and he expects you to walk by faith. Why does he expect you to walk by faith? So that indeed you can give him all the absolute glory when finally he brings you to your end. So Samuel anoints David, then he takes a walk. And he forgets about the boy. Even when the boy went to him to lodge, when Saul was chasing him, the Bible does not record any more prophecy or even prayer. That is a prophet for you. Today you want prophets to be pastors. Oh, my brother, let us pray. Let us take the Holy Communion. (laughs) Let us do two praise and worship songs. Let us cheer you up. That is not a prophet. A prophet is like God when it comes to interacting with the people who are walking to their destiny. They will tell you, my brother, I see this and I see that. After that, they have no more breath for you. Then you say, the prophet does not care about you. No, he is only being a prophet. Elijah tells Ezekiah, no, Isaiah tells Hezekiah, that says the Lord, put your house in order, dude. You are going to die. Then the guy goes away. He does not tell him now, this is how you form a funeral committee. <laughs> this is how you die like a king. He tells him, put your house in order, then he waits for him in the future. The good thing, which was also the bad thing we were analyzing with Joe, Ezekiah refused to die. <laughs> Now, when Ezekiel refused to die, Joe gave me a point, then I gave him a point. The point of Joe was this. Within those 15 years that he bargained on Gezewe, men came from Babylon, the land of the north, as they were called, and they came and surveyed the temple, and Ezekiel was there like the head of state, showing them every chamber. You know, even our gold, our gold, our gold, it is hidden here. <laughs> And our silver. David hid it here. Ah. Oh. And the guys are like, ah. Oh. They're just taking selfies, taking notes, taking notes. And ah. Uh-huh. And what else? Our bronze. The one Solomon melted. It is hidden here. He showed them everything. They went with the maps back to their king. Exactly in the appointed time. They did not even struggle to get the gold. They went like experts. wachawi. <laughs> They went, oh, Nepale, Gonga, and they went with all the gold that the fool, not even the king, the fool had shown them. But I was telling you something more heartbreaking. Within the 15 years, a son was born to this man. His name was Manasseh. Manasseh became the most evil king Israel ever had. The problem with Manasseh, theologians tell us he put a prophet inside two pieces of wood. Then he was sown like a piece of wood. The man was Isaiah himself. The man who prophesied for your father to be elongated time. When God speaks, he goes to the future where he has spoken about. Do not wait for him there. Follow him there by faith. Had as followed God to eternity, Babylon could not have happened. The problem, he narrowed God and told God, Come here, elongate my life. Let's walk together with you. God was waiting for him in eternity. After he had lived such a beautiful, blameless life, Two things happened within the time he had bargained for, and his legacy was destroyed. Jesus has a background. Jesus has a story. Jesus has a family. Jesus has a lifestyle that he could talk about. But when he took the microphone, so to speak, He concentrated on his core duties, the duties that he had to perform within three and a half years so that he can go to the cross. When he was through with these duties, he did not even beg God to take him to the cross. The cross itself called for him. My brothers, my sisters, it is time for us to decide that we are going to walk to the future till the future is saying, hey, I'm sorry. Come, 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 come. The future can beg for you. The future can now begin to draw for you. The Bible says, and setting his face towards Jerusalem. He purposed that he was going to Jerusalem. There is a time to set your face onto the future. This is that time. As we are coming to Sunday, where our theme will be about this month of November, why this month is crucial, we need to decide, are we dealing with the past and putting it where it belongs, or are we still going to be chained by the past? So imagine Jesus needs to raise Lazarus from the dead. (sighs) Then he begins to give a political speech. You know, Herod must go. When eh? <laughs> was fewer. And today we have preachers who moved from preaching to politics, just to settle a few grudges. They forgot the future is in ministry, not in the past of politics. Today we have people who are in stagnation because they were drawn from the angle of the future. They began dealing with the past. If Jesus wanted to settle scores with Herod, Lazarus could not be raised from the dead. The woman with the issue of blood could not have been healed. So let's get more practical. Nothing hinders a man like his mind. And nothing occupies a man's mind like his memories. We are all products of our memories. Much of what you dream as at night is because of your memories. If the dreams are negative, before you go to the negative dreams, go to the negative memories that are bringing or triggering some of those dreams. Are you hearing me? Nothing hinders a man like his memories. The memory of the loved one you lost. The memory of the person who oppressed you. The memory of that thing that was spoken. Nothing brings stagnation like memories. One day I went to an office. True story. I'm not lying. I went to an office. At 10 (laughs) a.m. Not 10 a.m. God forgive me. 11.30. Actually 11.30. My hair was not so combed; it was an afro. My t-shirt was not ironed, it was rough. And my jeans was not so good. I think it was torn in the knees, two sides. Then I went to the office, the treasury, to check on some pension for some relative, a friend of my dad. And I entered there, and the man met me, the man dealing with the issue. And the man began immediately to lambast me. Wee kijana. Satano And he began to lambast my sleeping patterns. As if he was aware of the bed I slept at night. He began to lambast my fashion. To lambast my looks. To lambast everything. When he was done after one hour. Of calling even his colleagues. And he made a long speech about how these youths are not building the nation. When he was done, I told him, now can you help me? Ah, come tomorrow. I'm so annoyed with you. So I went into the washroom just to check myself in the mirror and to talk to the Lord. And the Lord told me, that man was seeing his son in you. It is his son who is refusing to wake up early. (laughs) It is his son refusing to comb his hair. It is a son who is refusing to wear proper clothes. It is a son who is a disappointment to him. Now he cannot even do his job because the memory of his son is tormenting him. The next day I was dealing with him, I was now more good. I was now a good boy. Lest he I trigger the memory of his what, his son. Suppose I was a customer in his shop, he would have lost some profits. Why? He was led by memories of a boy who is irresponsible. And many of us come to God feeling sorry, not because we are sinful, but because our memories are sorry memories. And you can't just lift a mountain like we are preaching in last Kesha. You can't lift a mountain by faith and cast it into the sea because your memories are yet to let go and you are yet to see the future. You are busy seeing the past. And there are even men in politics, their careers have refused to take off because they are selling the past. They are not selling the future. Many times we find nasty people in the matatu, we find nasty people in the shopping malls, we find nasty people even in church, not because they are bad people, no, their minds are just poorly kept, their minds are not properly combed, so the teacher said you are a bad girl, are you still a girl for God's sakes? Maybe the maid said, Are you still a baby? Why do you carry what was that day? Something that is irrelevant for now. (laughs) Jesus had memories, and he had the right to access those memories, but he refused to use them. Let's now read Hebrews chapter 12. A powerful scripture. As we prepare to go in a mode of prayer. Hebrews chapter 12 says from verse 1, Wherefore, seeing, somebody saying seeing, seeing also that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the rest that is before us. Is the rest in the background? No. Is it in the past? No. It is in front of of us. Verse 2 Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, verse 3, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied, somebody say, be wearied, and faint. In your what? In your minds. you choka kwa kichwa. Si kwa ro kwa Before your heart can really be tired, your mind must be tired. Because your mind is what feeds your heart. When you receive a good news, it enters through your mind, not through your heart. It enters first through your mind. Then it goes now to your heart. When you receive bad news, it goes first to your mind. I love this scripture. Do you see how beautiful this scripture is? It is beautiful. The Bible says here, verse 3, Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. That's King James. Mel and Asema authorized to be read in churches. Hallelujah. You are authorized to be read where, but mine in churches. Thank God I'm in church. (laughs) I have come across many Christians who are tired in their heads. In their minds, they are tired. Why do we address the mind? Visions are seen from the mind and then taken to the heart, where now they become revelation. Are you hearing me? You first capture the thing in your mind, then now it goes to your heart as a revelation. Once you have the revelation in your heart, you are sorted. But before that, your mind must do the thinking. And the thinking must be a proper kind of thinking. The Bible says now in Romans chapter what? Chapter the same 12, that be conformed by the renewing of your minds. Why are people in stagnation? There is a mental issue, a thinking issue, a memory issue, a processing issue. We need to overcome it. We need to decide. My future is greater than my past. My crown is greater than my cross. You need to decide it. My throne is greater than my stool. They used to give birth on on two stools and they could sit on two different stools. You need to decide is it the bath stool you are going to carry or is it the throne you are going to carry? You need to decide it. Holy Ghost, I ask you, have mercy. Revealed the lord jesus to us the lord needs to be our example he endured so much contradiction from sinners these sinners decided whether he was to live or die they decided whether he was to be born in nazareth or not to be born in nazareth they, de- they decided whether he was to live in egypt for some time or live within the borders of israel these sinners were there every day to rub salt on his face Every day they questioned him. Every day they looked for a way for, for him to stumble. He did not give in to the discouragement. No stumbling block is greater than the stumbling block of the heart and of the mind. There's a man coming for a concert, I think on 11th, in uh, Sitam Karen, Israel Luton, one of my great singers. And this guy, number one, he is conceived by two teenagers who are just having fun. The other problem with Israel Luton is conceived by two teenagers from different races. Number three, the parents to these teenagers decide, ah, girl, you need to abort this thing. And the mother, who was a teenager by then, the Mzungu girl, just refused. And the boy is born into a contradiction of parents saying no, black and white saying no. Today, look at him, have him overcome all those contradictions that followed him from conception. And I see an example of a man who looked to the Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Sometimes we preachers, we tell people, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher, but we don't tell them. This author and finisher are the contradiction to face. This author and finisher are discouragement to bring down every day. There's a woman, I was telling one of us in this crowd over the phone, there was a woman, Who mentored me in high school? She was one of those leaders I looked up to, a wonderful woman of God. And one day somebody gave her a comment when she was a youth that you are the worst singer I have ever had in my life. She had a prophetic calling, she had a pastoral calling, and on top of that, she had a singing ministry waiting to happen for her. And of course, she was beautiful. God, you should meet her. Mm beautiful girl. And all that promise of being a singer and being a minister tumble in one day. A man saying after church you are the worst singer I have ever heard. Once in a while I could go to a house and I could hear her singing. I could hear a woman who was to sing and even make a living out of singing. Listen to me, especially women. There will be words that can crush you. There will be words. There will be ideas that are thrown at you. (laughs) Some of you love Donnie McClurking. That guy was constantly raped by an uncle as he grew up. Sodomized over and over. Till he felt like I am worthless. Things can be said or done on you, but now it is your job to decide, do I watch the future and walk towards this future, or do I remain being backstabbed by every imagination of the past? So the lady took her mantle of singing and dropped it down. That was in the early 80s. She's never picked it up. Now she thinks she will go before Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, but they were too mean. (laughs) No. It is already written, your Savior, who is your author and your finisher, already had contradiction going against him. Why did you not imitate him? My brother, my sister, to be discouraged is human, but to give up is sinful. I repeat. To be discouraged is human, but to give up is sinful. Because we are going to face a man who had all opportunity to be discouraged and to give up. We are going to face a man who had all the opportunity to throw in the towel, but he didn't do it. Oh, you know I'm only 30. Oh, you forget Jesus was only 30 Oh I'm only 16 you forget Jesus was 12 when he was in the temple disputing with the doctors of the law According to this Jesus the youth have no excuse the young teenagers who are 12 have no excuse the young adults in their 30s have no excuse and even those who fell from glory, who used to live large and high, have no excuse because even him, he was once in heaven, then he went to live in a slum. Nazareth was a slum. As I'm speaking, the Lord is, I believe, preaching some of your hearts to reconsider what you think you are about to do, to reconsider taking your prayer voice to the next level. It is not time to to retire. It is time to refire. It is not time to go low. It is not time to slow down. It is time to increase your intensity. Looking unto Jesus. Our commander never gave up. Our savior never gave up. It is wrong to give up. It is sinful to give up. You may miss eternity if you give up. I have men who I have known, who have written books about how they were done this and done that. And one of the questions I've asked them, so when that was done and this was done, what happened to your future? Why are you telling us the details of what was done in the past? Why don't you tell us how you grandly reported to the future? Because God is always waiting in the future. This world is a mess, and it is mean, and it has no apologies, and it has no thank yous. <laughs> Have you ever had a man? The world told him, "For your service, sir, Oga Igwe, we thank you. We thank you, Igwe. We thank you. This world will never give you a thank you. This world is mean." It was mean on Jesus. It was mean on the apostles. Especially the Bible says those who seek to live righteously, they will be persecuted. Why? The world does not love when a man has an objective, when a man has a vision. So there are stagnations. There are obstacles. My question is this. Will you see them or will you see the future? Let me show you something from Psalms that is so wonderful. My time, good. Psalms 20, 20. That means it is long since I read it. So 20, 20. 20. 25, verse 15. Somebody read for, for us. The mic is right next to Irene. Psalms 25, verse 15.
1: Psalms 25, verse 15. Mine eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged, Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses.
0: Amen. Just that. According to the psalmist, his feet are already in a net. But this net is not an accidental net. It is a deliberate net set by his enemies. Then he has a job. What is his job? Not to remove his feet from the net, but to fix his eyes on the Lord. And as he's fixing his eyes on the Lord, the Lord, the Lord has promised to do something. He has promised to remove his feet. Your job is your eyes to be set on the Lord. The Lord's job is to go into the little details and to sort you out. Amen. But the problem, we are busy doing the details of sorting ourselves out and waiting on the Lord now to fix our eyes on our behalf. He will not do it. Sometimes, dear student, you have to decide, I want to go to school, and by there I want to pass. But uh, school fees and uniform and scholarship, Lord, sort that one out as I go to this target. And you refuse to wait on anything. You refuse to stumble and to be discouraged by anything. You decide, I am going for this end result, and you go for it. your eyes have seen it your feet will never enter into it (laughs) some of us if life was allowed to have its way we will be illiterate today we will not even know to read and write (laughs) from the day you are born school says no (laughs) school books no pen no headmaster says no Till you look like a, an example of mistake. If a mistake is looked for, you are a good example. And you have to decide, am I going to give in to illiteracy? Or am I going to be literate, no matter what? My brothers, my sisters, it is a mental issue. It is a focus issue. It is a decision issue. It is a steadiness issue. The Lord Jesus is already on the throne. He's no longer on the, on the cross. He's already on the throne. Walk there by faith. What happens to your feet is none of your business. It is his business. <laughs> to overcome stagnation, my brother, you sometimes may not have to pray a lot of prayers. You just have to make a strong decision to make your focus, to be a very steady focus. Lastly, before we pray, before my brother comes to lead us in prayer. The Lord calls the apostles, just like he has called some of us. And he tells them, follow me. Don't even trust me. Follow me. Don't even worship me. Follow me. Some had wives. Some had children, just like some of you. Some had debts. Some had issues at their workplace, like Matthew was employed. Some had a history, like one of them was called Judas the Zealot. A zealot was a mungiki of those days. <laughs> a zealot was the mau of those days. These were, these were freedom fighters. So some had freedom fighting, political extremist issue to deal with. <laughs> terrorism charges <laughs> to deal with. Have you read your Bible, guys? <laughs> and some, like Matthew, was a good civil servant, like my brother used to be one. Very good civil servant. With three loans. You call it Emergency. Take the mic. We are dealing with the past now.
1: <laughs> it just reminding me that I'm, a, I'm an honorable retired civil servant. And in the civil servant, we used to have three loans. <laughs> Normal loan, emergency, and education loan. <laughs> and it's almost a mass in the civil servant.
0: You have to have all of them. God, one day when I grow up, <laughs> I don't want to be a civil servant. I'm a civil servant. anyway, so this guy is a civil servant just like Matthew was a civil servant Matthew was a tax collector he had an office Judas was a zealot there was a Judas who was called a zealot they were fishermen now, every one of them had to deal with that past when they began to follow Jesus, not when they began to worship Jesus like we just did when they began to follow Jesus, there was a reconciliation of accounts. So remember, a day came, Jesus is walking on the ship, on the water, and coming towards the disciples. And what did they do? They screamed out of fear, led by my brother called Peter. Why? As a fisherman, there were stories of ghosts. That time tell him to follow Jesus and say, "No, no, no. This is a ghost. Why? My history tells me so. Are you hearing me? And these people were now being tested one after another. The next time Jesus has a problem paying his taxes. Did he call Matthew? No. He called Peter. Who had no? Experience with the civil service because he could have given him his history. Serikali ukishalewa kulipa ushuru, ndugu, ndugu yesu, utafungwa. itakuwa In fact, according to these taxation rules, and he could have given him a long story. So he called a very illiterate fisherman who has no idea what taxation is. And he told him, Peter. Can we pay our taxes? Yes, 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 yes. And Peter answered like a fool because he had no background on taxation. Let me give you a warning. The Lord sometimes may fail to bless you in a certain area of your life because you carry too much baggage. We have people who are too learned. The Lord cannot use them in miracles. They will bring in their telescopes and their microscopes and begin to analyze miracles. So the Lord says, hey, he you saw me paleka pale uni. Hapa hivi kwa crusade. Nataka mtu kama bonke. Somebody say, fire! Nataka wajinga kama au. So, Jesus looks at Matthew and he says, hey, ya kaisari imetimia. Petero kuja. Enda kwa mdomo ya samaki. Remember samaki again. Enda eh? kwa mdomo ya samaki. Ngoa! Alafuleta tulipe. He didn't call Matthew. He knew Matthew will come with the books. Matthew, the accountant, will come with the books. And it is time for a miracle. We don't need a lesson. We need a miracle. <laughs> there are missions the Lord is looking for people whose memories are clean. The memories have no baggage, no experience, no even Expectation. You come like a child, and you knock the net, and the Lord takes care of the net as you keep looking at Him for a long time. There are areas in ministry the Lord could not use me. One of them was word of knowledge. I was too intellectual. Now who you? Who are Who you? Not kama to Hey, I not to you? And the Lord wants to give, use me to give a heart of knowledge. Till a prophet was sent, go tell my servant to stop being a scholar. Let him be a prophet. And the Lord had to take me out of scholarship and bring me to manifestation of power and the miraculous and the prophetic. My gift, my abilities was becoming a liability. Are you understanding me? When you bring in your training in the wrong place, you stumble yourself. When you bring in your memory in the wrong place, you stumble yourself. You go tell Lewis, it is by grace things happen. And I'm a lure myself. You go tell Lewis, it is by grace. You must go to Harvard. How many degrees? I almost asked Lewis, am I lying? But uh, this is not the forum. (laughs) And their gifting as scholars has slowed them down. They cannot tap grace. One time I told some Lewis, one of the reasons why we have a problem as a community, we are too capable. Our capability has hindered the grace of God so that when it happens, it happens because we made it happen. Nani, Nani is an expert in this. He was on board. And so and so is an expert. And the other person is an expert. So this thing just had to work. That is how laws process. I am one of them. That is how they think. And their excellence has become their offense. It has become their limitation. Among the Luos, it doesn't happen because of God and his grace. It happens because the boy was smart. Jesus looks at his apostles, and we are given their profile, their brief bio data, and we are reminded, so-and-so used to be a fisherman, so-and-so used to be a tax collector, so-and-so was in the government, so-and-so was a mungiki. Now, the day comes, my brother Joe, for Jesus to be arrested. Who does he give the sword? The mungiki? No. He gives it to Peter. Peter. A man who has not held a sword, he has held the net. Had he given the sword to the zealot, God, <laughs> the political chemicals could have risen up. He could have said to hell with this romance, and he could have chanted, and he could have relieved the demons which had controlled him before. So Peter is told, your hands are so netty, let's give you the sword. At least it is not so accurate when it is in your hands. But the zealot will not miss. A man of God cried one time, he said, brethren, the Lord is overpassing us, not because we are not qualified, but because we are too qualified. The Lord knows here, there will be no faith, there will be sight. Here the man does not need even to wait on me. This man is too good. So by the time he speaks or he ministers, he will not even say, Lord Jesus, have your way. No, the Lord does not not need to have his way. There is already a way. Stagnation comes when our eyes are not on the Lord and they are on us because we are too capable. Or sometimes we are too incapable my brothers, it is dangerous to look at yourself. Why? We usually say with joy when you are ministering and walking around, when you look at yourself and you are too good, you will be proud. And when you look at yourself and you are too incapable, you will have self-pity and confusion. So anything of you is dangerous. When a man has, he will be proud. When he does not have, he will be sorry. So man must be removed out of the equation. The Lord Jesus only must be the one we look unto. Because stagnation is a fit issue. Once the feet are removed where the eyes are looking, the stagnation is over. Finally, Jesus calls a final apostle for a final job. Now, listen to me. Peter grew up in Israel. Paul grew up in Turkey. Tarsus is modern-day Turkey. While Peter, the son of Barjona, grew by the lakes of Galilee. So, Peter was Jew, 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 Jew. While Paul was cosmopolitan, he had interacted with the nations of the world. So when it is time to go and launch these two mega apostles, let's call them mega apostles, Jesus did his equation very carefully. Naturally, because Paul was the learned one, he was supposed naturally to go among the what? The Sanhedrin in Jerusalem and do his thing. God looks at it and says, No, in Jerusalem I don't need brain, I need power. So Peter... You don't have brains, you have power. Stay in Jerusalem. Then Paul, because you have traveled the nations and you have the exposure, let me not take you first to the nation. Let me take you to Jerusalem to humble you. And you sit down under a fisherman and you call him your chief apostle till he gives you the right hand of fellowship. When Paul was ready to acknowledge, according to Galatians chapter 2, when he was ready to acknowledge that indeed, Peter, John, and James were the pillars. These are apostles who formerly were illiterate, formerly they were fishermen. They were the chief apostles. When he was ready to bow, they gave him the right hand of fellowship. Soon, international doors opened for him. However, Paul did not go to the nations as a Jew. He went as an apostle. Peter had a problem just being an apostle, apostle pure. He was an apostle partly and a Jew partly. No wonder when it was time for him to go to the nations, he had a problem. God gave him a test in Acts chapter 10. God told him, hey, Peter, kill and eat. He said, no, from my birth. Remember the past again. From my birth. I've never tested this nonsense. God called him, what I have called holy and purified, don't call like that. The the man of God refused. And there, in chapter 10, his ministry for the nations was put to an end. In chapter 13, Paul is launched with Barnabas to go to the nations. What? hindered Peter from going to the nations was not lack of power or theology. It was lack of having a right mental picture. He was seeing his background and not seeing the future. The future was the church was now expanding to the nations. If you want God to use you, if you want God to bless you, don't rush to ask him for things. Ask to, rush to ask him for sight rush to ask him for a proper mind, a proper attitude. When Peter missed it, he could not go to the nations. Only Paul could go. And Paul went not as a Pharisee. He went as a man who had been redeemed by grace. There are people in this place Yes, you need the breakthrough. But the people among you, among where the breakthrough will be found, are not your class. And you know it, and you feel it, and you are wondering why the Lord is not blessing you. Yet, that attitude is the problem. (laughs) When you really need God, stop putting conditions. Be easy. You know, some of you forget that Jesus was only 30. 30. And he called some very old people My son, daughter, 30. My daughter, my son, 30. And a lot of Pharisees could not handle it. A 30-year-old, the one who the other day was making carpentry things, uh, 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 this is not God. And they killed it. If you want God to come, my God, I have reached a point, I don't know about you, I don't care who God uses, provided it is God, I am ready to swim. I believe you should do the same. So that the obstacles in your feet can be removed as you look to the future, not to the past. The Lord told me to say something. Allow me to say it, Joe, before you come come up. The Lord told me to say something that is affecting some people. I see five people it is affecting. One time, a prophet came to me to rebuke me. What I needed was not a rebuke. I needed comfort, but he came to rebuke me. The rebuke was very simple. But later on it came out to be very, very profound. The rebuke was this. You keep having flashes of the burial of your mother. And when these flashes occur, you feel a certain sadness and a certain pain. And he told me the Lord is not happy because you are allowing it. And some of you, you have buried loved ones. And once in a while... It comes in your dreams or in your sleep or in your conversations. And it affects your decisions. The Lord is speaking to you also. That is a stumbling block. It is bringing stagnation. Overcome it. The grace is there to overcome it. And I want to say in a uniform declaration, No pain is too deep. No history is too complicated. No past is too intertwined to hinder you from getting to your future. All you have to do is decide to look unto Jesus. To tell Jesus, Jesus, can you be greater as my picture than this past that is speaking to me? Jesus, can you be greater with your smile than this pain and this anger and this sorrow I keep feeling from my past? So many women in this room, you have past you need to deal with in this meeting tonight. You have memories you need to put completely to rest. The Lord is showing me a voice that keeps speaking to some women and it keeps speaking and keeps speaking. And when it speaks, it poisons and paralyzes your whole person. You need to let it go. You need to overcome it because the grace to overcome it is there. Welcome, Joe.
1: qua my brother, the apostle of God. Praise the Lord. He's reminded me. He's taken me back many years when I retired in 1996 as a civil servant. Uh, uh, people keep on telling people I'm a retired civil servant. They're like, how and you're young. It's because I went there and I discovered this is not my place. And uh, I thank God I took a daring step of faith and resigned. And my brother, my boss, then was called Mr. and called me back and said, "Young man, I can see you're not a wise man. I will help you by doing what is called early retirement." Now the government is very generous. I don't know. I don't understand when people say the government is not generous. The government is very generous to me. It repays me a retirement packet of 5,000 shillings every month. So when you say the government is not generous, my prayer is, Lord, may those voices that are raised against the government not succeed in Jesus' name. Because this government blesses me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My brother has said many things. I'm not here to really teach. I'm here to help us pray. And uh. That's what I want us to do. But allow me five, ten minutes of just putting some things to perspective to build up what my brother has said. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Praise the Lord. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Every time we go to pray, we are supposed to go to pray with the sword of the spirit. which is the word of God. The disciples of Jesus tell him, teach us, teach us to pray. Just like the, that John taught his disciples on how to pray. And Jesus says, pray like this. In other words, Jesus gives them a guidelines on how to pray. And tell them, pray like this. And that, that's why you find the Bible says, when you pray, do not pray amis. Amis. Why? Because there is a certain pattern in prayer. And Jesus goes and gives them a pattern. And that's why the book of James, I believe, chapter 5 verse 17 says that, The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's both powerful and effective. Today, we want to make a powerful prayer. That is, uh, we want to make a prayer that is both powerful and effective. That's what we are here to do. Praise the Lord. In prayer, there are, there are components of prayer that we are Christians do. But today, I want us to measure on one. As we support it with the others, I want us to do what is called prophetic declaration. I've noticed that most of the times, as Christians, what we do, we spend a lot of time praying and less time doing warfare. We spend a lot of time praying and less time doing warfare. Warfare is when you are doing prophetic declaration. That is spiritual warfare because you are declaring what the Word of God says. And Jesus said, and Jesus said, and which is equally said in the Bible that. The Bible says, or let me say this, the Bible says he has exalted his word above his name. Why? So that when you take that word and stand with it, it works for you. Praise the Lord. So today we want to take that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and declare it over each and every of our situation. And my responsibility tonight is to guide you into various portions of of our, of, of, of our life, which we should be declaring prophetically and declaring the word of God. Let me just also say something, just to put it into proper perspective. Somebody said something very wonderful, that prayer is human help, helplessness. Thank God for my coming from Nyeri. Prayer is human helplessness. Hey, hey thank you. Yeah, thank you. That one. Prayer is, a, in, is in a situation where you reach a certain position and you are helpless before God. And you can only appeal for his mighty ability over your life. When you are pr- going to pray before the Lord and you are full, it becomes difficult for the Lord to load you more. Because you are already full. One of the things that I have discovered in these last few months I, have, I love making this prayer before the Lord, and I'm never ashamed. The Lord Jesus, unless you help me, I'm, I'm helpless. The Lord Jesus, I am desperate for your help. If you come on this altar and find me praying and you listen carefully, you, listen, you hear me saying these words many times. Lord Jesus, I am desperate for your help. Every day, my brother, my sister, every week that I wake up, I normally tell the Lord, I am desperate for your help. Praise the Lord. Because it's the truth. I am desperate for the Lord Jesus. Help over my situation. We need to reach a position where we are desperate for his help. Somebody said that through prayer, we employ the resources of heaven. Through prayer, we employ the resources of? heaven. We either employ the resources of heaven or we deploy the resources of heaven to terminate. Say terminate. To revoke. Say to revoke. To cancel. Say to cancel. To destroy. Say to destroy. Satanic weapons raised against us. Do you know what you just said? Prayer is doing what? What? I want to know whether you are following. Prayer is doing what? Deploying, putting to use the resources of heaven to terminate, revoke, cancel, nullify every weapon of the enemy raised against you. Now, let's go back. If you do not pray, what are, what are we saying? Those weapons of the enemy raised against you, win. Because you are not... You are not deploying those capability of heaven that you've been given. So today we want to put them into proper use. We want to cancel. Praise the Lord. We want to terminate. We want to revoke. We want to nullify stagnation of our life. Limitation of our life. Hindrances of our life. Those spoken words of our names. Praise the Lord. Through prayer, we enforce obedience of every of God's words and changing our ordinary situation to be extraordinary. Praise the Lord. Through prayer, we do battle with the host of darkness with the aid of God's words, ensuring that they let go of whatever is ours by covenant right. I love that statement. And I will repeat it again. That through prayer, we do battle with every of the, with the host, through prayer, we do battles with the host of darkness, with the aid of, the, of God's words, ensuring that they let go. Yes, those forces, they let go. Whatever is ours by covenant, right. So today, we are deploying the word of God to do battle with the forces of darkness, that they may release what is ours by covenant, right. Whatever you are trusting God for it's yours by a covenant. It is sealed by a, co- a covenant. That's why my brother says, you have, no, you, have, you, you have no excuse to give up. It is a sin to give up. Because Jesus, by a covenant right, which involved his blood, has fought for you to make sure that you make it. What you need to do is stand. And that's why the Bible says, having done everything, Stand. Praise the Lord. Stand. Stand. Let us stand. And now that I've said stand. And Lord Jesus, as a servant of God, I pray, Lord, strengthen my brothers and sisters that are struggling with sleep because we are going to a spiritual warfare, that they may stand in this hour to pray. In Jesus' name. I have prayed that prayer because two of them I've seen were already going down. And I cannot allow that to happen in my hour of watch. This is my hour of watch and is your hour of watch. We are going to do spiritual warfare. So that it may be well. Years to come, months to come, tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Do you know what, what, what the, one of the things that I encourages me to fight and keep on going and keep on going and keep on going is because when I stand and I conquer, a generation, a people, a group of people follows me successful. When you give up, you know, every one of us is a destiny helper to somebody. When you give up, it means you let down a group of people. When I'm discouraged, my brother, my brother. When I'm discouraged, give me a high five like this. When I'm discouraged, I normally tell myself, "My brother, you have to wake up, because I'm a destiny helper to many people." When the devil.